what up guys welcome to rizzo on the move i am your host joe rizzo and this is my podcast powered by the movers check out movers.org with a z movers with a z to see what we're all about and to collaborate as far as this show goes we feature people from every walk of life from all different parts of the world we believe that everyone has a story to tell no matter who they are now let's make some moves I'm sitting here with Remus. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Remus is the guy who is responsible for all this art that you see behind us. Oh, you got the light in the oh, in yeah, there? I managed to fit it in, yeah. Oh, <laughs> how does that look up there? Yeah, you, could, you can't really see it up there because the camera's not that good quality. But it looks sick here. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, Remus is Chuck's. He's, you know Chuck. He's your uh, friend, right? I think so. You think so? He might not be. <laughs> Uh, how long have you guys been friends? About three, four years. Oh, it's not that long. No, okay. not that very long. Okay. Working on and off. So Chuck, obviously, Viper Studios, once again, this is the reason we're here. Um, we got Remus, who is the creator of all this art. Uh, how did this happen? How did this come about where you, I guess, like, put your art? How did it end up here? Oh well, <clears throat> wait, wait, the way I met Chuck in the first place was where I cr- uh, fabricated and made all this stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. the way it went up here was, um, me and Chuck we had met <clears throat> at this hotel where I was building it. Uh, I was building out a club in a, a place called the Paper Factory Hotel in Long Island City, and uh, you know I managed to. Uh, finished fabricate this place over the course of a year but things didn't pan out so wind up taking a lot of the stuff and putting it in storage but it was it was um it was part of this whole hotel installation so it was out in the front it was on the inside so it was part of a club install so mm-hmm. uh, just recently we were uh, <coughs> again visiting with chuck after so many years of on and off i uh, he said that he wanted to you know disperse off the spot a little bit so I insisted on bringing some of my stuff. Yeah. That's how it kind of took. So did you draw all these or paint all these paintings? Um, no, I, I did not. These are uh, mostly some of the shows that I worked with, collaborated with artists. And mm-hmm. uh, so so a lot of the, the, the artwork or the embellishments on the on the metal itself are mm-hmm. artists that are my friends that I collaborated with. So I don't, I'm just a sculptor. I don't, I don't paint. Yeah. He's the sculptor. (laughs) Did you make this seat right here? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. That thing's great. We've been um, we've been having like I sit on the front and the guest sits on the back and we take a picture. Yeah, it's it's, (laughs) it was initially designed as a bar stool, but it's kind of like a bar stool love seat type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Harley Davidson uh, seat, right? Um. I don't know if you take a look at it a little bit closer, you know, it has a lot of other uses. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically a Harley Davidson seat <laughs> on top of a uh, like a machine, uh workout machine. Yeah. It is definitely a workout machine. You're <laughs> <laughs> just sitting on it the wrong way. That's yeah, right. it's the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so let's get. We like to get on a timeline. Okay. So I just want to learn about you, really. Like, okay. wh- you're from. You said you were from Romania, right? Uh, yeah, I'm Romanian. How long were you out there for? And when did you uh, come here? I I was born in Romania. 
and I came here right right before the uh, the fall of revolution, uh, the communism state that was there. So it was 1989. So I've been here about 28 years. Oh wow! I was born in 89. 89. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was born in 80. Okay. Yeah. So you came out here with your whole family? Uh, with my mother and my brother. And what did you? How old were you? You said you were like nine years old. Nine. Do you remember coming here? Of course. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I remember uh, the country, uh, you know, my country also. Mm-hmm. Influence. So when you get here, what, uh, like, how did, were you always artistic and stuff like this when you were back home or? Um, no, not really. You know, I, it kind of, it kind of like uh, dawned on me here in the States. I kind of like picked it up from, you know, friends. There were a lot of, I grew up with a lot of uh, graffiti artists. So you see a lot of influence that is street art and graffiti art and stuff like that so yeah yeah it was um i picked up from uh, other artists and you know in the prop in the process is kind of their ideas they're like hey listen you know over the time of the course of the years of knowing them they're like hey you know you should make stuff that's related to the city and you know mailboxes and fire hydrants so that's, that's how i started my stuff yeah how do you get like how did you get a mailbox do you ask them like do you have extra mailboxes no you just you just you take it. this grinder and you sh- pull up to the first. There are so many of them. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, how no, do you end up no. with a mailbox? No, I I went to the I went into the street and I measured the uh, mailbox and I fabricated it myself from. Scratch. Oh, you made one. Yeah, I'm. An, I'm. A, I made all these are. Uh, I made it myself. I'm a former uh, New York City iron worker, so a lot of the stuff that you see there, that's why they're so robust and big and. You know, dense materials mm-hmm. are left over from job sites. So that's how you made all of this. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool, dude. I didn't know that. I <laughs> thought you I thought you took a mailbox and then you painted it and like put the, the <laughs> all the crystals on it and stuff. Yeah. You actually made the mailbox. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's crazy. How long did the mailbox take? We're talking about the mailbox back there with true. all the lights on it. Uh, about two three hours is, is it doesn't take that much. It looks like it's a lot of work, but it's just two two sides cut and then one whole piece bent around the two sides and welded together with some trim. That's is. Yeah. I would think that would take like a week to make <laughs> that thing. This must have took a while. No, no, a lot of this stuff. Well, you know, once you have the design is usually what takes longer than the fabrication. So the w- the way this one came about, Steve, his mic's a little bit low. I don't know, Remus's mic's a little bit low. Like when you see when it, see my level, so the way this one came about is, I ordered, uh, I had a job from somebody to do a installation, yeah. So it, it had a, the design had a pipe in it there where it, it was a four, fourteen That's inch good. diameter, Thank so you. it had to go around a fourteen inch I beam. So you know it it was is a structure was designed to be like a palm tree, so I had to take a pipe and cut it in half in order to fit it around I beam. Mm-hmm. So. You know, being un- inexperienced, I I ordered the same size pipe and diameter as a size uh, as as an I beam, which was not the right <laughs> not size. the right move. It was like about an inch or two too small. So I I got stuck with a pipe that's about forty feet that they delivered and they dropped in on the street where I was working at the time. So I cut it to, I cut it down to to pieces and stored it over time, and then I reused it and turned it into this beautiful piece. So, but you didn't paint it; your friends painted it. Um, the artist, the the artist on this piece, is uh, uh, Keith Herring's assistant. So L A two, 
Mm. Um, I'm not familiar. Keith but Haring colla- collaborator, if you're familiar. That's why the the work looks exactly like Keith Haring's mm. <laughs> because <laughs> it's they, that was the guy that did all Keith Haring's work. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> so. What is on top of it? Is that a sprinkler? Well, a sprinkler head. That is, uh, it's a it's a valve from a chiller. So there's these huge systems that they use in, uh, 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 what is it, in uh, hospitals to cool down, just like the air conditioner. So oh. that's the valve from one of the pipes that I had to cut out and replace. So all this stuff that you're looking at. So you're is, like, oh, I could use that. I could throw that on uh, top of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so. random pieces that you see. Yeah. That's so crazy, man. And then all these crystals, I, I, I somehow got my hands on because I, I moved into a place uh, a long time ago and the, the owner that left the place left me like 50 chandeliers. So I just like beautiful Swarovski crystals. So I just, you know, kept <laughs> giving them away over time and then I, I, I just put some of them inside. Yeah. I think dude. they, they uh, nice addition. I love all the paintings too. Like, um, like, I guess that's a Heineken ad. I don't know what that was for. Was it for Heineken? Uh, or someone just really liked Heineken. You know, a lot like <laughs> I said, a lot of these pieces that I have, they're they're mostly uh somehow I got my hands on it. Like this one back there. I'll I'll <coughs> go I'll go from, from left to right. Mm-hmm. The, the the one behind the fire hydrant is um a friend of mine. His name is Carlos. And that's a picture of his girlfriend. Oh so is that a she had that gun? <laughs> she really well, he's like a really big DJ. And he's actually he's actually Che Guevara's first cousin or something like that. So he says. So this guy is always out partying and stuff. And then he's like, he was moving and then he put some stuff in my storage. And he's like, listen, when I take the stuff out of your storage, he's like, make this painting disappear. It's because I don't want to come home every day looking at this painting. It reminds me of my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it reminds his girlfriend. It's his girlfriend, but with a gun in his hand. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I I need to 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 uh, not see this. I could imagine. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> funny. Uh, next one over is uh, the the graffiti uh, piece, the the stop sign. That's easy. I heard of him. And sent for, yeah. They're they're they they they're like the kings of New York. They're the ones who pretty much like laid out a lot of the groundwork for a lot of these uh, you know street artists and graffiti artists. From Easy's an old school, right? He's yeah, been around a while. Yeah, in '69, I think he's been doing it since. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. He's like the OG of graffiti. Yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. When Banksy came into town to uh, to do his whole thing, he for that painting, the one that disappeared. Uh, no, not the one that just got cut recently, but oh. probably I think it was like uh, I don't know six years ago. It was one of his first residencies with the balloons and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know you remember that. Mm-hmm. But um, when 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 he was here doing his residency, Banksy wrote on a wall. Uh, you can see this photographs of this, like Kings of New York, and then he p- pointed arrows to these two guys. Yeah, wow. yeah. So That's they're so like crazy. personal friends of mine that I did shows with. And you so, know, easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? You want to bring him on the show? Would he come on? He will, he'll definitely come on. You think? Yeah. Oh, that would be so yeah. cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, that would be probably sick. won't show his face, but he'll come on. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know he's still. Well, still we could do it without video. Still. Yeah, we yeah. could just do his voice. That's so. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. really nice guy. Really cool guy. So you you're like in this circle. You hang out with these guys. And yeah, it's like yeah. that's awesome. I had a gallery for three years in Tribeca, so I did like some of the biggest graph shows for some time. Wow. All right, so let's get on a time. Let's get back on the timeline. Yeah. Because then we'll lead up to that. So yeah. you, you came here from Romania when you were like 10 years old, 9 years old. Yeah. 
Um, your mom, I get, just with your mom and your brother, you said? That's correct. And then where were you living? Um, Queens. Queens. Sunnyside, yeah. Still there? Still there. Nice. 30 years later. I'm from Ozone Park, actually, originally. Oh, nice. Kind of near. Nice. Not really. Um, so you went to school here. Was it hard to get acclimated? Was it a lot different here than Romania? Well, I came from a communist country, so when I came here, I didn't speak a word of English. Yeah. So, and then I came here with a with a really, really bad last name. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Pop P O P. Oh, Remus Pop. Yeah. I mean, it's it sounds good now, right? It sounds catchy, artsy. Like, I mean, you it's would really think cool. Romania that it would end in like Ova. Like yeah, Coca-Cola yeah, or something, but just pop. <laughs> no, just a pop. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, but when I was young, when I came here, the whole class would make fun of me. So every time they said Remus Pop, the whole class would laugh. Yeah, and then they then 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 they made up a song about it. So then what? every every pop goes it, the Remus. <laughs> no, that was the one. No, 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 it was Remus Pop, Remus Pop, Pop 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 Pop, and then the whole class would go on. <laughs> So you're Not like even that creative. I know, but it was. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I would get into fights all the time because people would actually. I would think they were, were making fun of me, but they weren't. And yeah. you know, so I, I it was a little hard. But then you know, it didn't take long. You're young, three mm-hmm. to six months. You learn the language, and then yeah, you're on here. quick with the language. Yeah, 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 man. I wish I spoke another language. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Move to another country for a couple of years. I guess that's how the yeah. best way to do it, right? Yeah. Not just yeah. taking a class because I took Spanish for like seven years and I learned. I don't know anything really. Yeah. <laughs> None of it stuck. Yeah. But so you got into you fights practice. and stuff. Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. I got into a couple of scuffles because people would. I I would think they were making fun of me because I couldn't understand the language at all. So just them laughing, you thought they were laughing at you. They were, yeah. Oh, so then, <laughs> and you fought them for a reason. <laughs> that makes sense then. Yeah, no, <laughs> So when did you start getting into the art and stuff? Did, were you always doing that when as a kid? Um, mm, let's see. I not not really until I was I was about twenty years old. I really got into it because wow. I I went to uh you know a vocational and I learned how to do uh, welding because I wanted to join a union. To mm-hmm. do, I I put up a lot of the skyscrapers in the city. Oh, really? So I learned the process of welding, and and you know after some time I realized you know it's like maybe I don't want to do welding. Maybe I don't want to climb those I beams and put my life in danger and breathe all those toxins like constantly nonstop. Maybe I should just yeah. Maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> do some something else with what I learned and see see what 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 pans out. You know. Yeah. So I started making you know series of sculptures uh, over time but you know again i'm i'm not a uh, as they call it a listed artist or a career artist i i mostly did a lot of this stuff uh, just for fun for for building atmospheres for clubs and and events and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i um what, what what mainly i occupied my time with for the last good 10 years was doing uh parties like underground events and stuff like that that they would use your sculptures for that i i would use my sculptures for my own events 
Oh. So it would be like some like, like throw a rave. Burning Man rave type of uh, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. He's have like 5,000 square foot warehouse and then it was just packed with all this stuff. I could see Mobile that. signs and these and, th- and you know, fire hand- and then largest scale pieces. Some of these are just uh, the ones that I kind of survived the uh, ordeals that I kind of like yeah. put them through because a lot of it was, you know, confiscated by this city for not being code not, or whatever yeah it was not allowed to be there they shut down the buildings and it would take take the take all the artwork that was in we got to do that back in this warehouse yeah did, yeah did chuck talk about it yeah chuck chuck talked me into uh he said that you guys are being serious about taking more space so yeah gonna, next door yeah so yeah i would love to turn that whole place into some something that would be really you know, interesting with a stage and some. That would be cool. Yeah. You th- you think we get people to travel out here though? I think that's the only thing. Will if people drive out here? If you make it, it will come. You know, if you build it, they will come. It will come. So it, it's just a matter of uh, you know time and getting people excited know, getting, getting for it. Excited to come out here. But yeah, yeah, promo videos, I yeah. guess, stuff like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Some raves or something. <laughs> that would be really cool back here. I don't know the town like it, but no, not a rave. I was just kidding. No, no <laughs> rave, no rave. Definitely not. <laughs> we don't want to get confiscated. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, so at, you were putting all your stuff into. It's like twenty years old. You'd say around mm-hmm. there, you were throwing all your stuff in these rave things. Mm-hmm. And how did it progress from there? Um, well, that's the thing. It didn't really progress. And it, 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 I just got into some, at the time when I was doing what I was doing in New York city, it wasn't really, it was frowned upon. It wasn't allowed. So they would just shut down a lot of the things that I, I've done, but you know, it, it caught on other people are doing the same thing that I was trying to do, but in a very more successful than I am at it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. through these events is how you met all these artists. Um, Pretty much, yeah. So uh, at, at one time I was doing it in, in my place, and then I had a, a gallery in the city. So it, it was a frame shop, so it would mostly make our money uh, from framing and stuff like that. But uh, on on the weekends, every weekend we were, you know, we were booked for a solid year and a half for, for uh, mm. events for uh, different street artists. So yeah, yeah pretty much uh, every famous known street artist that uh, you know uh, lives in New York City or we're from out where from wherever mm-hmm. uh, pretty much has come through our gallery and dude so that's they left stuff behind so uh, all the stuff that it's here yeah is I was gonna to say like why do they leave it behind oh well, they were they don't want it well it's not that they didn't want it they were uh, you know I did them I, I did them a, uh, I did them a favor by hosting a show for them putting a show on for them like so a they, gift yeah so it was a gift from them to me and you know show appreciation for the the hard work because a lot of work goes into just planning that probably yeah. right yeah and then putting keeping it together marketing you got to get yeah. people to come yeah. yeah dude it's a lot and you were doing that while you were still doing the welding for the skyscrapers um so i i learned how to do the welding and 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 then i apprenticed in a in a, in a shop in brooklyn on a really good uh german engineer so i i learned I learned a trade. I, I, I did my own stuff for some time, but it's and even now I still do it every so often. But I don't do it full time. I just take on certain projects that I like, certain clients and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, from so yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. It's off and on. I'm not set on one thing. So you what? 
I, I'm, I'm not set on, I wasn't set on one thing. So I wasn't doing the welding and I wasn't doing just the art. I was doing all of it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you never really got into the union for the welding? I did. Oh, you did? I did. Are you still doing it? Uh, I know. No, you're done. No, I put AWOL, AWOL uh, Time Warner up. I put Bloomberg's headquarters up. Triborough. How big are those? Trump Tower? No, no, Triborough. Oh, Triborough. Yeah. How is it? Like, do you, are you the guy that's like all the way at the top? We're the last, like, we're the first and the last to leave. How is that? Do you, no <laughs> fear of heights, I guess? You get used to it. I mean, if I'm to, if I was to climb an, uh, another structure right now, I would get, you're, you're afraid. It's naturally, you know, even though you, you get used to it after a while, but you get, you know, you start out afraid and then it doesn't take very much, you know, it doesn't take long where you just walk in eye beams. And you're 40, 50 stories up in the sky. Are you harnessed in? It's more dangerous to be harnessed in than because what they do is they have this cable on I beam. So every time you have to move from one spot to another, you have to bend down, clip, clip onto the cable so it slides with you when you walk the I beam. Yeah. So it's more dangerous to, you know, uh, unclip and to unclip re-clip. it and clip it than to just, you know, look two feet in front of you and walk. Oh, but still. So <laughs> Knowing you know? in the back of your head that you're not clipped in, that kind of would mess with me. <laughs> yeah, when you when you work, you're like it's you'll be more afraid just to go down and come back up than to be clipped. In. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember your first skyscraper that you worked on? Uh, Bloomberg headquarters. How was that? That was pretty intense. Pretty intense. That was the one of the first <laughs> structures that I did. I I I the job I got the job as an apprentice. So I started from, you know, just moving bolts. To from one one group to ever point to another, and then uh, from you know from from uh, climbing I beams and 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 what what they do is when you put a structure up, uh, they they put cables from one point to another, all over the building from from every point to every point they pull. So you could transport transport stuff. So the reason for the cables is you know the building goes up it's crooked so it, it, they plummet. They they straighten out the building with cables. So I was the guy that would kind of climb the I beams with the cable on my back. So I had to climb the I beam, you know, without a rope or anything, and then throw this one inch inch and a half thick cable around and clip it while you're holding with your bare legs and you're like jammed <laughs> in and you're like gouging into your legs and because you can't let go. No, <laughs> you're, you're gonna falling, die. Yo. And then you clip it, and then you got another guy in the bottom pulling that cable, and then you get this come along. That you know, and then once you you know connect the two points, you just keep turning the turnbuckle, and what happens? It brings the points together, and you know you straighten out the building. So you got like five, six guys just standing around with binoculars, whatever they need to look at you, and they tell you, "Oh, crank it another thirty times, uncrank it." Or mm. and then what happens? Once the cables, once all the the building, once the building is straight, then they pour concrete, and then they cut the cables back out. So that's how you have so it. So it stays. I don't think most people know like <clears throat> a, so I didn't know that a building's not straight when they put it up. Mm-mm. It's crooked. It's impossible cuz it it comes in like components and parts. So chances are it's mostly always going to be crooked. Yeah, an eighth of an inch an inch is it, it matters a lot in a in a structure like that. So you have to uh, adjust for that. So that's why you need cables and you ream it and you know you it you know it's really easy to you know to to uh for a building to start, you know, coming out of square. So you know. it reminds me of the, I think it was Oceans Twelve. Mm-hmm. You ever see that? Uh, Where they raised the building. 
no, no. Did they? Yeah. In I, Ocean's Twelve, yeah, they to steal they to steal a sculpture, they got to raise the building so they could shoot something through the window. But that kind of is the same kind <laughs> of thing to try and to make it straight. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, they I, could do that. It makes sense though. Like it wouldn't be straight just naturally. You know, like you have to straighten it out. And what if you didn't straighten it out? Like, would it just fall? Well, I mean, it, 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 vent, it if, yeah, if, if, if all the weight is distributed or it's not distributed correctly equally, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, to, it's gonna push into one direction, and you know, you're gonna have a domino effect. But yeah, but the, the inspector won't let that happen. So yeah. every floor has to be completely straightened before you put the, the next floor up. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy there's an inspector for that. Yeah. Because then, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a city and state certified welder, so when you know it's like you have to go through all this crazy, uh, you know, process in order to get licensed. And they X-ray, they, they X-ray your work, they bend your your work in order for you to work on these superstructures. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, so a weld welding is basically just putting two pieces of metal together, right? Just with fire, with heat, heating mm-hmm. it with electricity. <laughs> Electricity. Electricity is it's what. Not what the fire? No, th- that the, that's about? a that's a it's a that's for cutting. It's a different process. But for welding, it's electricity, where arcs where the metal meet bond together. That's that's what happens. Electricity heats it up so 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 much that it melts. So it's it's electricity that melts that. Wow. So that's what's called an arc. So it's like lightning, basically. Like it's that Pre- hot. Pretty pretty <laughs> much is where it touches. It's the wow. the, the, the it's actually the the the. Uh, hotter than the, the the face of the sun, really. So yeah, in order to, uh, I think it's like twenty six hundred degrees in order to melt metal. So you see it melting while you're doing it. Well, and and you put push it together. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what happens is you have to keep them so, with so much space in between each other, the, the pieces of metal. But yeah, that's what the the helmet's for. Is you see this arc happening in a very small spot, so it's not happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's only happening in a very small uh, space and area, and then it, and that's where it does start melting the metal itself. And then you get this other, uh, you know, it's got a stick that you put in. It's got a, a electrode, is what they call it, and it melts into it when the electricity warms and melts the metal. And this other metal stuff too. melts also because mm-hmm. that's part of the process, and that's what creates the bond. The the weld itself stronger than the metal. When it's done properly, dude, that's so. interesting. I could see why you enjoyed it. I mean, you still enjoy it, right? You still weld stuff. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a very toxic process, if you ask me. You know, but toxic uh, like bad for you? Yeah, pretty much. You know, there's a lot of particles and a lot of gases and a lot of things that there's so many things that you know. It's just it's good to do it. You know, if if you if you're if if you if you don't do it full time, but I wouldn't. I. I f- that's the only reason that I actually turned off by it because mm-hmm. it's if you know anything about toxins, that's like some of the worst stuff in the world. And yeah. a lot of people that work don't protect themselves at all. No. I do for the most part. I'm always dressed like an astronaut, but <laughs> most people just like T-shirt, no mask. That's old school. You know? <laughs> I, I should show you. I had this girl <laughs> on. Still, still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I should show you. I had this woman on. She, her name is Lena Condes. She create sculptures also mm-hmm. out of glass not um metal nice but i guess she welds you have you weld with glass too or something or she melts it i guess with fire yeah i don't know she she's really talented as well but it's kind of kind of kind of the same process also uh, 
the torch that the torch the torch that you were saying before to you know that's what you use for glass. So yeah, just the heat. I'm gonna show you her stuff. I think you'd really like it too. Okay. Um, what's up, Chuck? Back in the <laughs> building. What is that? <laughs> Running man. <laughs> um. Okay. So where were we? Get on the timeline. When did you first open your your our first shop? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was 22 years old, 2002, in uh, Long Island City. I was uh, just came out of school, and I think I was I was doing something in my house. So I was um, paint. I rent. I, I don't know what I was doing. I was getting a room ready for like a roommate, or I, don't, I was at Home Depot anyway. So going to Home Depot, and I had to go fast and get back. And so I'm I'm in a rush. So I passed by the shop, you know. And I'm running by, and I stop. I'm like, wow, welding shop. Look at these guys go at it, you know? So I'm like, you know, what's? Uh, let me try to see if I could ask this guy if I could get me some space, you know? like, Because it's really hard to start out in a welding business. It's a really expensive hobby. So I I go, and I, you know, I was like, hey, whose place is this, you know? And then I, uh, I forget this guy's name, but uh, he comes in. He's like, hey, you know? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I was like, listen, I want to make some sculpture, and please, can you, like, you know, like, can you help me out? Like, we get a corner somewhere. I'll give you, like, 500 bucks a month, you know? He's like, he's like, listen, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on here. He's like, I don't know if I can help you out. But he's like, but, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you where I started my business, and then you can see if the guy will give it to you. So he gives me the guy's number, and I and I went to this one building. It was, like, dilapidated building in Long Island City. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy introduced me to to the guy, and the guy was like, yeah. So I... I I wound up getting the shop for two hundred fifty bucks a month. Two hundred fifty bucks a month in mm-hmm. Long Island City, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like an eight by ten closet. It wasn't, but, it, but it even was, still, that's cheap. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and no electricity and anything. It was in like in a yard. So I, um, I, I cleaned the spot up, and uh, you know I, that's where I started. Actually, that's where I made my this one sculpture. That's one of the first pieces that I made over there. I made this for. Uh, for uh, I forget it was a, a store, and that was 16 years ago. Yeah, dude. Actually, it's gonna last forever, right? Freaking steel, metal. Yeah, it's just gonna. It's like permanent. Yeah, <laughs> it's never gonna go yeah. away. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. So what happened was this: the metal stuff led to all this other stuff that I was doing. So I had a shop, and so I was fabricating stuff, and then I got into a real good thing with the owner. So. He was like, oh, yeah, his building was falling apart. So I made gates for him, some doorways and all this other stuff. So he was, like, really happy. I never paid him anything, mind you, because... The 250 didn't even matter. Never, yeah. never came out of my pocket because he needed more stuff than, you know. The reason he wanted somebody that was a welder is because he, he really needed the work around a building. Mm-hmm. So the guy tells me, he's like, listen, he's like, uh, you know, there's somebody upstairs that just, they just, they're moving out. He's like, can you do me a favor? Can you go clean it for me? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you now I have a good relationship with the owner. About that point, at about that time, it was about a year into it. So the guy goes. Uh, so I get upstairs. He gives me the key. So this is where I got all these chandelier stuff that the guy um, um, moved out of. So I tell him, I said, "All right, um, you know, I go in there and I." He says, "Do me a favor. We're gonna try to clean it out and we're gonna rent it out." I was like, "Let me take care of this." You know, he's like, I'll, "I could, I could take care of that for you. I could rent it out. I could build it out and uh, rent it out to wherever you need it." So the owner was like, "Yeah, okay, it's a great idea, <laughs> right?" So what happens is, 
now I'm welding. So I'm doing all this. Now I don't want to weld anymore because I got another opportunity that came out. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, I'm into, I got, you know, I'm building real estate and stuff. I'm renovating uh, parts of this building and I'm turning it into studios and renting it out to people. So then another another floor became available in the same building. So I'd say <laughs> the same thing to the guy while I'm in the middle of the other thing. I'm like, yo, let me take care of that one too. So in the end, what happens is, I wound up keeping my my welding shop empty for two years because I never used it. I but you weren't paying for it. So I wasn't good. paying for that's it. That's good. I wasn't that that was that that was already done. So then what happened was I I took over this fourth floor, and then there was another third floor. So ultimately, what happened was I just I renovated one of the floors on a third floor. So I I, I turned it into about six studios. And then I took the whole fourth floor and I lived there by myself. Yeah. So I never ran into the. <laughs> so now my rent was, I don't know, 4500 on one floor and 3200 on another floor. But the rent from the third floor was 8500 So in other words, I wound up living it for free. I had the shop and the, this yeah, huge loft. Out. <laughs> yeah, and I used to go to the landlord and he, he, he would have to pay me rent. So he really didn't <laughs> like it. So I stopped building out the rest of it because I knew it was, it was, in a matter of time it was going to throw me out, right? So then what happened was... I just uh, I started this this whole uh, I, I had a, a an event space so that's how I got into all this art and all these things is I would I would rent to people for events regarding art shows uh, uh, raves uh, hip hop whichever one whoever one came first yeah so what happened is I built all these relationships and I met all these people in the process but then I I started getting you know attention from the city because I didn't know that this wasn't allowed. So mind you, I'm like 25 years old at the time. I didn't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm thinking, hey, I got a, a warehouse. I could do whatever I want. Yeah. And the cops are knocking on my door <laughs> every Did night. They actually? Well, we were, you know, when you, we, we bought at one time up to 5,000 people in the venue. So, you know, we, and, and, and this was in a time where uh, 2006, 7, and 8, where, where New York City wasn't allowed to do anything. Like, you couldn't have a party, you couldn't do anything. And, and I didn't know. I just, you know, I didn't know. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So I was just doing it and doing it and doing it until it caught on. So it started a trend. So in New York City, it was like a movement. It actually, it it opened up a whole 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 new world of things. Well, if no one else, if no one else is doing it, because they're not allowed to, you don't know it. Yeah. So yours is the cool one. Yeah. And I was just, <laughs> and for the most part, I would do it for free. I was just let people come and do their shows because I, I wasn't making money out of the place and it was just sitting. And the landlord, you know, it was getting already, you know, landlords get after some time. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, yeah, so that was my experience. I, I wound up moving from that place to another gallery and that's how I won. I, so I you moved around. out before the cops could do anything? Oh, they, 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 uh, I think they, beat me up and threw me out or they, they arrested <laughs> me for like minor stupid things they about four times you. oh yeah they, they many times did well when you're, you're not allowed and you're you, you know they you're come and they ask it. you for permits and all these things and you're not aware of any of this stuff because you know you're thinking okay it's my private uh it's my property I can my, do whatever private, I want. my studio i pay rent no that's not how it worked but that, that wasn't really the problem the problem was that nobody was doing it in new york and any at that scale anyways Mm-hmm. Well, so five thousand people proceeded, must have yeah. been a huge spot. Yeah, Burning Man. I think they were the last group of people that I hosted at my place because Burning Man did an event there. Decompression. I did decompression two times for for Burning I, Man. I, I'm not. What's so the they have a the regional event prior to the one that they have Vegas, in the desert. Yeah, and then they have in New York, the Calf, uh, Florida, and all uh, wherever California, and in every other state, and then they get <laughs> together. 
Yeah. So, but the burners are the ones who got me go busted. Yeah. Dude. Hard. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, bro. it was fun. Dude, so Burning Man. It was. Man. It was. It was. It was all worth it in the end. You, you know, you inspired other people to do other things that were, and then it just branched out. And then you didn't even know what you did. Ten years passes by, and you go to parties, and everybody's still like, "You are the man." <laughs> it's because of you, it is uh, like. <laughs> I didn't do. Oh, I, didn't I, didn't I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> you didn't even know. I didn't. Sir. That's great. <laughs> so you went from there to where? So I went from Long Island City to Tribeca, to so another equally as big spot. Or I was well, no. It's you know we were, I got really lucky to get the space just because of my skills and you know construction stuff like that was. But uh, yeah, no. I, the uh, the other the, the other place that we got it was in Tribeca it was thirty five hundred square feet. It was like three floors, and you made it a gallery. So it was a gallery on the first floor. It was a shop on the second floor, and on the third floor in the basement, that's where all the parties were happening. So, <laughs> so I used to have a partner, and he would. Um, I mean, we kind of knew, but he didn't want to know what the hell was going on half the time. So every time the shop closed, <laughs> you know, people, the, the, the creeps come out at night and everybody. Yeah. So to make, to make, make up for the rent, cause it's pretty expensive to, to be in Tribeca. Mm-hmm. We would have events. So I would have events uh, over the weekend or rent it out to parties. So I would handle all the, all the events at the gallery. So I, um, yeah, for a year straight, we would have some of the most uh, exclusive underground, you know, graffiti, uh, street art. I mean, uh, uh, what are uh, what the yeah, paint parties that we would have? We would have all kinds of different type of events, like throwing paint. Well, yeah, we'd <coughs> we'll put canvas all over the whole gallery and tape the ceilings with plastic and everywhere, and people would come in and give them a, you you would give them paint, and everybody would paint each other and paint everything. What? That was one of the things that we did, and then we did the graffiti stuff. That stuff got us in trouble a lot because those guys, you know, they're just a little bit uh, plus the loose. fumes. Well, we didn't do any graffiti inside, but they uh, would do graffiti all over the neighborhood. So that was the bad part about that. So yeah. we got attention after a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but we we had a good run for about a year and a half. We were in Tribeca and we, we used to have, you know, everybody in the neighborhood is like super rich. And they wouldn't know where the party was because it was like three floors on the ground. And, you know, for a long time they would do because they were upset. We were really going loud. And and we just kept denying the fact of we there's no party. <laughs> like, there's no party. I don't hear it. <laughs> so uh, you know, it, it that 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 went well for a little while, and then uh, you know, it's just that it got too expensive to be down in Tribeca. Fifty five. So you didn't dollars. get no trouble with the cops. It was just it was too expensive. I don't want to go say everything <laughs> loud because I know you want to stay. When you guys want to stay positive, but the way I left <laughs> Tribeca is I jumped off a balcony in the, the alleyway and I ran out the back. Because I got that. What well, are you talking about? That's how, that's how I left the gallery in Tribeca. I mean, that that wasn't my intention, but what happened was... <laughs> you I never r- went back? I never went like back. Like Lion King. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Is I rent some... I'm dealing with the rentals, right? And then I rent I rented to these kids, right? And I rented them another gallery down a block in Tribeca. But the gallery didn't want to... The, the person who rented to them didn't want to do it. And then these kids just all showed up out of nowhere and they had nowhere to go. So I felt bad. So I'm like, listen, I got to do the right thing. So they gave us money. Let's try to give them a, a space. Let's let them use, use our space. So we're like, all right, let's move down to our gallery. So 
we walk this group of people over, but they won't stop coming, right? So there's like 200 of them. They keep coming. There's like 300 of them. And they keep coming. There's like 400 of them. And mind you this, I'm sitting in the gallery and I'm trying to deal with all these kids, but they're all drunk. Yeah. And then and they're not old enough to drink. Oh, they're like, yeah. some of them are like 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my big God, drunk. what happened? <laughs> so, you know, I realized what's happening. And they had a police officer that worked for the whole event. Some the guy I'm like, listen, I'm like, listen, do you know these kids are all drunk and like they're all here? And it's like, he's like, I'm a cop. He's like, don't worry about it. I got this. So the guy's sitting on a chair in front of the gallery, right? And he's a police officer. Now all these kids are coming in now, they won't. They're so loud, obnoxious. They're like drunk. It was like the worst. Yeah. I realize I'm in trouble because they're very loud. The cops are gonna come sooner or later. So about 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the ordeal, I'm like, Chop, chop, motherfuckers, <laughs> get out, excuse me. <laughs> so I, I throw everybody, I'm screaming, get out of my place, get out, yeah. right? So I managed to get everybody out into the street. Oh. So I, they, everybody listened, you know? That's so I threw everybody out, I'm like, oh, thank God, right? And then, and then, and then I'm like, bro, do you know these kids are all drunk? And he was like, no, I, you know, I, don't worry about it, take care of this. And then it didn't take long for the, everybody had trouble with the police in that neighborhood, but they all showed up, all the detective stuff. All the captains, everybody showed up, you know, because it's one of those neighborhoods, like 40 cops everywhere. So now I know I'm in trouble. I'm like, God, no, I'm going to go to jail. And then there's a guy, and then they're all happy running around the gallery. They're like, oh, we're going to charge him with this, and he did that. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's not even me. And then some kids are running out the gallery, and they're like, how old are you? And they're like, 15. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, his girlfriend and your girlfriend, 13. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm in so much trouble. I'm like, so I'm emptying out my pockets, right? And I'm emptying out my pockets. I'm like, God, I got to shut down the gallery. And I'm like, everybody's out. Cool. And then every, the cops are in there. They're all like, happy. And then they're all behind me. I'm, I'm shutting stuff down. And, and the captain goes to the guy. He's like, you don't have to follow me. He has nowhere to go. It's like, it's just a dead end. And at the end, the end of the gallery. So <laughs> little did they know that there was another door on the way down into the to the basement. So I I was afraid, you know, I was like, my God, are you gonna charge me with selling alcohol to kids? kids. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I better get out of here. <laughs> so <laughs> so I swear to God, I jumped out of the the, the, the balcony in the basement and like I just they just saw me disappeared. So I jumped out the back. There's a balcony in a basement they didn't know about. I jumped into the alleyway and there's nowhere to go. There's no, it's pitch black and you can't even crawl. The walls are so tall and I don't even know how. How I run back and then at the balcony I jumped off had a ladder. So I take the ladder and I put it up on the I put it up on the on the on the wall I was in. I crawled up and then I pulled the ladder after me and I see all these cops trying to like get down. They trying to get down, but I got the ladder. I'm putting the ladder over the next fence. And oh my god! So so ultimately, they, can they see you? Yeah, but they, they can't. They're like stop? too far. I mean, yeah, but they're like, they're, no, they're not telling me to stop. They're just like. Okay, how do we get down? And because they know, you know, I'm 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 on my way out. So, and this is a is in the middle of a Ghostbusters uh, show that I had. So, uh, I had a. Uh, anyways, so what happens is now I climb up over this uh, this 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 uh, this wall, and I climb up an, uh, a a sky one of those uh, private residences to try to get out of the alleyway somehow. And I and there's nowhere to go. I have nowhere to go. I'm stuck. I climbed this fire escape all the way to like the 20th floor and I'm sitting in some guy's pool area and I'm coming like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, they're going to come and get me, right? So I run back down the fire escapes, but if I would have been smart enough to look in the corner before I ran all the way up the building, 
there was an exit. What, you remember that after? Yeah, so I didn't remember it. Just the first time I see it. So I run through this exit. And mind you, this is like uh, 30 degrees outside. Somewhere in autumn, it's cold and rainy, right? So I take the hoodie off that I have it. I have a T-shirt on. And as I walk through the building, all the cops are running down a block in the upper direction. So I walk the other way. I just walk. But now I'm outside and I'm freezing. <laughs> and it's winter. And now I'm like stuck. I want my keys. I, lo- I thought I was getting arrested. So I left everything in the gallery. So now I'm running. I'm like in, in Tribeca. I run over the Williamsburg Bridge. And I'm freezing, like cold. I'm running like, over the bridge. Running over the bridge. Like, oh, my God. And people are looking at me like, what the hell is that guy on, you know? <laughs> So, <laughs> so you never know whenever you see those people in the city, you never know what they were doing. No. You never know where they came from or what their story is. So I ran to a bar that I knew and then my friend was a security guard. So he gave me money and I went home. But ultimately what happened was they were so embarrassed that I got away <laughs> that they never did anything about it. So they, they would come to the gallery. I had a partner. They would come to the gallery every second day to check up on me, to talk to me, to catch me. But now I learned that there was a way out the back, and they didn't know how to get me. So I, that was, that's how. Wait, so how it's usually long like they, that. How long did they per, like keep going and trying to catch you, and then they finally gave up? Well, they didn't. They just showed up like three or four more times to the gallery to say, hey, you got away, you know, like. So once. But they never, they never put anything out, so I. I mean, I've never got anything. Yeah. And they never came. They know where I live, so. It they was never 15 years ago, right? Something this like that. This is 2008, so. Oh, okay. Uh, eight, nine. nine. Ten years ago. No, I'm sorry, 2013. So this oh, this is a whole. Six years. I've been running for, for throwing <laughs> parties for a very long time. Yeah. So yeah. you know how to put a party together. You're a oh, party yeah. planner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a underground party planner. Yes, sir. We got to get a part, Chuck, we got to have some raves out here, man. We got to get a couple. <laughs> my boy. My boy. Yo, who made coffee back here? You put that thing in backwards, man. <laughs> I didn't do it. I'm making, I'm making some fresh coffee. Thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rizzy. <laughs> When's our first read? This guy's a legend. I hadn't told you I had to bring him in. I know. know? I did. That was stories insane. (laughs) It's awesome. But the artwork is awesome. Sorry, you got to get on the mic, guys. I, I, sorry, I just got back from uh, Paris. Yo, the red jacket, uh, yellow jackets, man. Awesome. Nice. You know, (laughs) if you if you unite, you can bring down. (laughs) You can change government policy. So yeah. No, I'm 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 kidding. Actually, uh, I had my yellow jacket on one of the one of our first uh, podcasts. But anyhow, yeah. But listen, this guy, he is a legend. You know, I don't know if it's if it, if it's an underground legend underground. or if it's you know if yeah. is it covert or is it overt. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe it's a combo. Yeah. But um, yeah, great guy to know. And uh, yeah. and you guys continue. I'm, I got some <laughs> coffee. You guys come on out. Got some fresh coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Viper Studios, Chuck Moses, of course. Yes. Um, a legend himself. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. So you then, after three or four times, they just stopped coming and you... Sh- like, so, like, they would come back to look for you. Yeah. And you would know they're there and go out the back. And just jump through, <laughs> take the same process, so but not climb all the way up to the building. And, and just they never caught you. 
No, they were so embarrassed. They were so embarrassed. They were so happy. They were all together there in group. And we're going like, to charge yeah, them with they, this. They had a list longer than like, you know, like Santa Claus, yeah, the Santa Claus would have. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they kept going and dashing and they're running back and <laughs> forth. Like, yeah. And then nothing. Nothing. No nothing. Nothing. <laughs> because you had smart at the NYPD. <laughs> dude. dude, you know, there was, there was, so when I had this, this loft, right? And they, they were on to us again. You know, they were like, listen, uh, they arrested me again. They, they would try to, they arrest you for something stupid, like, uh, you know, selling without, selling alcohol without a license or something. Because people were serving drinks. We were, I wasn't selling alcohol yeah, for the yeah. most part. They were just there. Yeah, they were there. So they tried to charge you with all this stuff. So, what happened is, after the while they they knew that I was doing this, they would park the car in front of the building. Mm. So so now that I knew that they were doing that, what I did, I smarted up. I I went and and then I rented two one two two uh sixteen passenger buses. So I would have people meet two blocks away, and then get into the to the bus, and then I'll bring them to the back of the building, bring them through <laughs> through another gate, close it, let everybody out. Whoever was leaving, get into the van and, and, and leave out the back. So the cops don't know what's going on. So the cops would be out front thinking, I'm just going crazy, uh, blasting music on the top floor. Mm-hmm. But they don't see anybody coming in and out. They don't see any cars. So they were convinced for three months that there was nobody there. But we had 400 people upstairs. upstairs. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to, I mean, when you don't you have a choice, you got to stay a step ahead. You got to stay a step ahead of uh yeah. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so when did the Tribeca spot end? Uh, was my, that recently? My, my brain's burnt, but 2013, so sometime. So it was the same year, basically. Uh, then that's when the Tribeca thing ended. And then, so what happened is, me and Chuck met. See, what happened was I was, before I went to Tribeca, I used to have this loft. And this is the the big place that I was telling you about that uh, the landlord uh, wound up giving me two floors. Yeah. So I get chased out of there for throwing parties. I go to Tribeca. I get chased out of there for throwing parties. I go back to that same place. And there's new management, new owners. So the, the owners that bought the building that threw me out, I went and talked to them. They didn't know who I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked them into giving me the basement downstairs <laughs> in the oh. restaurant. <laughs> I swear to God. That's so Chuck, Chuck was there. So the same one I got chased out of, like, you know, like, and all this stuff happened. I went in. And Why I, did you do that? You just had balls. Because I, I <laughs> fell in love with the spot, man. You know, and then I, it was premature. I got thrown out by the owner. So I lost, like, an incredible m- amount of money in the process. Mm. So it was sad, you know. But then, I don't know, for some reason I went there because I liked the spot. It was, they took my idea and turned it into a hotel. Mm. So they used my my loft as a uh, as a an example but anyway so the guy who bought it i went back to talk to him <laughs> and he didn't know who i was yeah. so the guy this happened twice first time i went and spoke to to the to to one of the managers the owner wasn't there i didn't like the management i left him alone but the sec- i talked my i talked my way in twice so the guy gave me the whole basement downstairs so i turned this so mind you after all this happens i i i, I got back into the place and i turned this uh, you know, kind of dead, uh, a dilapidated uh, boiler room into like the most amazing club you ever saw. Yeah. So that's when I met Chuck. I was I was building the uh, the club downstairs, and he uh, came Kat to was a rave. Doing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kat, yeah, no, no, no. no we were in raving it about, about then. I was just about a year into the project, and Cat yeah. was so I was renting the rest of the rooms for them at the hotel. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him that I was there prior to. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't want to blow up my spot. But it, what happened uh, ultimately, it was they figured it out. 
you know, that, that it was me. So after I was, <clears throat> I, I again, another year into uh, another project, this time again, I got the short and the stick. I, I built this place out. It was so beautiful. I put, you know, some one-sided stairs, made DJ booths. And actually, this is the DJ booth from that club. I just pulled it out without the, uh, that's where a lot of this stuff is here now. It's, mm -hmm. uh, again, it, uh, the, the landlord, uh, the owner there, once it was built, you know how some of these uh, uh, mm. billionaires are, whatever they are, <laughs> they, uh, he just decided to, like, keep the place and minus me out of the whole question. That's trash. So, but yeah, anyway, so I, that's how I piled up all, all the stuff. How did they storage. find out? You don't know, though, right? Well, you know. It got just, na your name got around? Uh, after, yeah, because what happens, we did shows and all the people that came in there, they all knew me. So there was like, like, Why does this guy? Yo, this yeah. it was like Reem. Everybody was like, bro. Everybody knows you. Like, how do they know you? And then yeah. and out of town, I was like, listen, I'm sorry, bro, but I used to have this whole building, <laughs> the owner, and he was just like, the cops are after me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm actually wanted. So, yeah, but um, yeah, I wish I wish this the the, the second time I went back around would have worked because it was such a beautiful place. But then you know, greed, greed, and people and just money. Money and all the stuff that mm. it's had, but yeah, uh, here we go again. So, uh, you what, know, where, what was your next move after that? Well, since then, I I just laid low and licked my wounds from you know, yeah, <laughs> all this because yeah. the 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 first owner robbed me for about a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity, and this guy robbed me for about the same. How does that happen, dude? There's nothing you could do legally. There was, I guess, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sign the right contracts from the start, and that's what it was, you know. Damn. And then it turned from one thing to another. Once the guy realized that he, he just couldn't put it together in his brain. He wanted to build a club, but he didn't know how to put it in that small room that he had. Mm -hmm. So once he had the idea, and then he kind of figured out some other things that I put together, then he just said I could do this. But you know how it is. People think they could do something somebody else does, they just can't, and then. That doesn't really work the way you intend, but shit. Yeah, I don't like that. So, yeah, you know, it's you live, you learn. But move on did to you the learn next from thing. it? Like, you know how what to do next time if you run into the same situation. Like, what to sign and all that. Yeah, yeah. This time around, I will make sure that you know we have some contracts laid down. If you're gonna put some sweat equity into stuff, yeah, yeah. So you don't waste What's your it called? time. Sweat equity. Yeah, sweat equity. Like, that's work, I guess. That's that's physical work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I put in about $65,000 worth of metal fabrication into the place. Fuck. Ripped the floors out, put concrete down, rail stairs. Or you're working with people? Well, like see, the thing is, I, 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 couldn't, I, I'm, I can't afford to hire people to work. So I'm, I'm, first, you can't, a lot of people can't work like me. So it's just, I drive myself crazy trying to get people to do what I do. So I just do it myself. You're like obsessive. Like OCD, like you need it to be a certain way? No, not necessarily, but there's so many unexperienced people. And when you get to welding, the tolerances are so tight that you can't have unexperienced people doing anything. Otherwise, you're just going to have to redo the whole work again. Yourself. Yeah, so yeah. Again, yeah. So then you might as well just do it yourself. That's how it is with like people. So like you need to do a project in school. Like one person is smarter than everyone else. Yeah. Let me just do it. Let me just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been in those groups. So. I was never the smart kid. Always <laughs> so like, all right. All right. If you want to do that, you, so. you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing. So with all my, you know, with all my experience, I, I that's really ultimately what I want to do mm -hmm. is open a really big club because that's why I, I work with Chuck is, you know, I'm really good with sound, lighting, staging and stuff like that speakers yeah. 
So what are you doing? Crowd control. What are you doing now? Is there you working on a little well, freelancing? Um, mostly right now, I I you know I have I have a place. I, I do a lot of Airbnb, you know, stuff like that. So uh, like fix them up. Uh, what? yeah, and then re-rent them out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's wait. Mostly. So like you own the place and then you rent them. Rent them. I I don't know. I rent and I re-rent. And rent yeah, I caught on to that. It's a really easy thing. Just mark it up. Say all you need is the four walls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's been working out uh, for me. Can you Airbnb anything? Like, could if Chuck wanted to Airbnb this, could he Airbnb this? Mm-hmm. He could rent Airbnb it as a um, event space or a studio as a. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Someone Airbnb to igloo. Say that on the mic, or if you want. But uh, I don't know how you Airbnb an igloo. But it's on his property, I guess. Wow. Till you we stain it till it melts. Like that's the deal. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So what's the future plan? Um. Well, since uh, we we have a few discussions with Chuck, we we plan on uh. You know, uh, hosting and uh, producing some of our own events. So you know, uh, slowly but surely, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, to, we have to find some venues, right? Uh, no, we need we need some stuff. We need some line arrays. We need some stages and cables. The the spaces are usually everywhere. Right now, they're since this trend started, this whole techno community, EDM community that is you know mm-hmm. paved the way for for many many people now to do the same thing. So now there's venues all over Brooklyn. You know, yeah, before they would frown and they would look at us and say techno, hip hop, and it's not good. Now it's like, it's a standard thing. People are sitting on empty spaces. They realize they could get three, four to $5,000 from somebody per night to let them do whatever they want under their licenses. So right now in Brooklyn, uh, there's more venues than there is events. Wow, I wouldn't think that a venue would be that easy to get. That's good. No, there is. Because so the biggest obstacle is equipment? The biggest, well, it's, it's almost it's everything. It's you know brand name, uh, the marketing, and and marketing. then on, on top, of, of course, the marketing. Mm-hmm. But but then uh, the uh, you, you need a lot of stuff in order to to make a, a, a statement. You can't just come with a couple of small speakers, a few things. You need to go big, mm-hmm. and then um, you know spend some money on some headliners, and uh, yeah, that's what it is. The headliners, the headliners. Yeah. Do you know headliners? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. So but, it um, seems like we might, <laughs> you might have, you know what to do here. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what it is, you know. And then I, I, I uh, you know, as soon as uh, we, we, we get uh, Viper to get a taste of that world. Yeah. Then they'll be more eager to get involved because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, risky investment, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like to start out is really hard. And then, in order to uh, to do a show, any show, it costs over I don't know twelve, fourteen thousand dollars. If you can try to put something together, mm-hmm. so I think we could do it, man. Yeah, if we yeah. all work together. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that'd be fun, man. Yeah, I never even been to a rave in general. No, no. Oh, it's a great thing. Is everyone just drugged up? For the most part, yeah. For the most part, and you could—they're afraid of the sun too, and they're, they're like afraid of the sun. Yeah, I took Chuck there. I took Chuck there for one of the events that they had. I was trying to show him this sound system that they had, and we get there like, 
I think it was must, might have been 10 o'clock in the morning. So I started this trend of these parties just to give you an idea where this stuff comes from. Yeah. So when I was doing these parties in my loft, um, it, it would, I'd, I'd, I would go to a party and they would throw you out, you know, like 4 o'clock in the morning. And they were so happy to throw you out. Turn on the lights and throw you out. And you're like, all, you know, whatever the hell you're on. And like, what the hell is going on? And like, I got to go home now. And then like, so I thought that was wrong. You know, because, you know, people want to enjoy themselves. So I did an experiment where I was like, okay, fine. Let's find out what happens when somebody doesn't say anything to you. Why don't you talk to you? You just stay. Just see when you feel like leaving, how long you're going to stay, and you know. <laughs> and so this is the trend that it started. So my loft, that's what would happen. I would sit and party like everybody else because I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would start the party and it would be, you know, exhausting. And then I would go to sleep. And then I'll While wake up, partying. everybody's partying. And so I would have like this huge warehouse and in the corner was a stage and it just had a curtain. So I, I lived on a stage for, for the most part that I lived in this uh, warehouse oh. on, a, on a heated blanket in the winter. Was, that's all I needed, really. <laughs> a beautiful view of the, uh, for, uh, the whole New York skyline. <laughs> so I would go to sleep, wake up, same people, same place, nothing's changed. <laughs> same thing. So it, on average, it took 36 hours. When 36? did they leave? The two days they stay thirty six <laughs> hours. They they stay 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 stay. Music's going like thumping and the DJ. Everybody's dancing. Nobody's sitting. You know, everybody's dancing. They you know, lose the track of time. Uh, yeah, I guess. and it's a huge community. So they keep repulsion and they keep keep they keep it going. So I did that for about a year and a half. So then what happened? They started the twenty four hour parties. So then it, it became a standard. So now if you start a party, you can't have a party from ten to four. You have to have a twenty four thirty six hour party. Otherwise, you're not doing what was already, you know, what what standard. Everyone's used to, yeah. Yeah. So so now when when we go out, thirty everywhere, thirty six hour parties. This is standard. So we go over there with Chuck. You know, he's coming from. I went. We we did a festival. Forget forget which one it was, um, in Brooklyn. So we do we do a festival, and I'm like, hey, come on, you gotta see this. So I take Chuck over there, so you can see this particular type of speaker system that's set up, and. Um, you know, there's like, it's sunny outside already. And then where the DJ is, there's like, there's like a cover halfway on the dance floor, but then it's all lit up, you know, by the DJ booth. Mm. So, and everybody's just hiding in the corner. Like, they're like vampires. Get like, away from oh, No, not the sun. Yeah. And, and, and Chuck is like, yo, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> Chuck's like, he's like, yo, why are they hiding? Like, the, the sun is their enemy. I'm like, the sun is their enemy, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, they haven't seen it so. in two days. <laughs> So you're not familiar with these uh, City Fox, all these guys that they, they took a parking lot. And uh, so the mayor's office, doesn't you know about the mayor's office in the city? What do you mean? So they started, they, they did so many events, so many parties. And they, 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 there's so much, so many, so much interaction between the organizers and the city that they made an office for a mayor's, a nightlife mayor, as they call mm. her. She is a her. Okay. So what, what, you know, what, what, with all this stuff, they now they they're they're open to this stuff, so they're 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 helping support promote all these events now. So they took a park parking lot. Uh, it's in Brooklyn right now. It's uh, I think they have like five thousand people there during the daytime to do what? It's Just headliners. Uh, EDM is huge, oh, man. Really? People love come a hundred bucks. Five thousand people win, pay to get in. Like on the weekends, like a normal thing. So here's the other thing that they're trying to start it. So. We did I, we did these thirty six hour parties and then Mike our competition would be the ones that would call the police on us so we we oh. couldn't do it anymore so we couldn't afford it anymore so now our competitors became our 
became the ones that are doing what they're doing now. So, so uh, yeah, it, 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 these guys, uh, they would call the cops on you. Yeah. Trash. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's why I got arrested in trouble. So that's why I can't do it anymore. Is because it was got I got shut down two three times. That cost like so much money. Is that's kind of it. Did you ever do that to them? You ever call cops on them? No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, because I like the people that are. It's kind of like it's kind of destroying something you created that defeats the purpose. Yeah, why you are know, you doing that? You ever talk to them? Like, why you keep calling the cops on me? Uh, no, there's nobody to talk to. But you could clearly see that it's them. They would they would set up a party right next to yours and then. The Wait fire department shout out shows up and everybody goes to their event because they couldn't do it themselves. They didn't have it in them, so they had to steal. Yeah, but which is fine because you know what? They're, they're, they're you know they're 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 growing it. So you know, like ultimately they, they're gonna blow their load, and that's pretty much what they're going on at right now. They're they're pretty much just sideline themselves. Nobody really uh, attends a lot of their events because they don't put effort into their events. They they. They don't put effort into sound at all. They don't understand sound at all. They, they don't understand, uh, you know, they just get headliners and then, you know, they... That's they, all that. That's, that's all it. That's all it. The big headliner, a lot of money, no no production budget at all. And mm-hmm. then it's kind of what it is. They're running on vapors. When we did what we did, we would have, you know, we would come with 40 amplifiers, 40 speakers. Like, the cops would come for a reason. They wouldn't come for no reason. They were like, bro, like we can hear you from downtown Manhattan, man. Yeah. It's like, you can't do this. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, what's the level you're allowed to be? Like, how loud? How are you supposed to gauge it yourself? Uh, you're not. You're supposed to hire somebody from the city. They come there with a with a, 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 a meter, and they tell you when 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 you have too much. The decibels. Decibel limit, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, then again, if you know the right people, you know how to do the right thing. Again, all these people are doing these things, and there's a lot of people looking the other way. So Slip them 100 bucks. Yeah. And it'll give you more decibels. Yeah. <laughs> give you a little more decibels. Yeah. But, but mostly what I'll you... I'll take a little. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Mostly what you need... Thank you. All you need nowadays... That's good. That's good. Thank you. All you need nowadays in order to do a rave, a legal rave, mm-hmm. is a, a, a venue... Uh, any venue, pretty much. You take a warehouse, and all you need is a TPA, a temporary permit of assembly, as it's called. So, in other words, you could take any dilapidated building that's messed up, as long as it's got enough exits, and you put exits up on every every part. And then, for the for more the more security guards you have, the more people you can have. Mm-hmm. So normally, you know, if you have like if you have like sixty uh, security guards all over the place, you could have you know thousands of people and then it's it's but in 06 07 it wasn't like that well couldn't it couldn't just be one permit there was no permits at all this didn't even exist there was there was yeah this wasn't allowed Uh, it was again i didn't know so it it was called um what happened was it was uh, i think it was giuliani was the one who created the rave act Mm -hmm. so when they created the rave act it shut down all the parties in the city until until i started them back up again but i didn't this what happened was I was part of a group of people that were doing events, but they were doing events only from like ten to four, and it was like you know once a month. For they did it, they did you know twenty events, and it did them really well. But uh, you know uh, before, uh, uh, and and they were afraid to do it. They would do it fast and disappear, you know, so they wouldn't get arrested. So you know now, now it's it's that that rave act when actually was when it was in place it, all those parties happened nobody else was doing it because they were afraid of the rave act mm-hmm. so i 
I wasn't aware. I, I mean, I, knew, I was part of the rave scene when I was a kid, but I didn't know that it was still in effect, and I didn't know that people were afraid of doing events of, because of that reason alone. So because of the police, everybody was afraid of the cops. Yeah. So they come and they beat your ass. So did they actually? They, well, what I did is instead of getting beat up, instead of fighting with them, because I, I understood that they, what they're doing, so I said, all right, let me, let me, let me, let me pull down your pants. So what I did is, because that's what they would do. So, so, so what I did is, <clears throat> instead of just going with them and letting them arrest me for no reason, because then they will shut down the party, throw you out, and that's it. That's kind of usually what happened. So what I would did, I would get up in their face. So then they would start, you know, they were like, let's arrest this guy. Mm-hmm. So I put a camera in his face or something like, yeah, so what are you going to do? Yeah. So they start, they start, you know, do the one, the, you get the one, two, and they toss you around. So <laughs> what would happen? Look, until this day, I still can't close my hand because of what I did. So I would drop on the floor. Mind you, this like 24-hour party just finished. Somehow we got through to it with, with it. And then we have still two, 300 people hanging around. They're not going anywhere. So the cops would come. Again, this is probably the sixth time that would happen. Same thing would happen. So they would come and arrest me. They didn't want anybody else. They didn't want to do with anybody else. They wanted to make a statement out of me. So they would come, try to get me. And what I would do is I would drop on the floor. I would cross my legs. And I put my hand between my legs. And give him this hand, <laughs> but I'm I'm a, I'm very strong, so you can't get this hand even if you tried, <laughs> even if you tried with all your friends. I see it. Try it. I swear. We, we <laughs> I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. I'll be on the floor, you know. And then I had six cops on try on top of me, but now they can't hit you. Why? Because there's so many people there. Oh oh. So I'm holding my hand between my legs. They're tossing me around this room for 10, 15 minutes trying to get my hand. They can't get my hand. My hand is in my, and my hand is in their hand, but they can't get this hand. So they're tossing me everywhere, right? Until, and you just have your yeah. arm out. And then I'm just having my arm, and I can't do anything about it. And it's just, you know? So 10 minutes, in, 10 minutes into to the thing, you know, like they, I had a hoodie on all the time, so they would try to suffocate me. And then the girls in the party would scream, stop, stop resisting, Remus. You know? And it was like so cool. So what happened is, you know, they get pissed off at some point and then just start putting their sticks into They yeah, would break my what ribs or whatever. That's and what then, I was thinking. Like, they yeah. have to, like, punch you or something. Yeah. But, you know, so they finally get me. I get arrested for whatever it is. But you know what happened? Make them waste their time. <laughs> no, but you know what happened at that point? What? I caught on. It took me to get beat up four times to, co- to, catch, to catch on what happened. Is I caught on that everybody was afraid of the police. But then after I, they saw me get beat up four times in front of her and I'm still there doing it, they stop people stop being afraid of the cops. And they started doing the same thing. They started doing that. I swear, they started doing the same <laughs> the thing. They started thing. shutting down all the parties. People would just sit down in the middle of the party. You have sit-downs and the cops couldn't do anything. Oh. They would try to stop all this stuff from happening. So Civil ultimately, disobedience. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately what happened is everybody was afraid of the police to stand up to the police. So I, I think I encourage people not to be afraid. Because we're not doing anything wrong. I mean, what were you doing wrong? Yeah. Playing music? It's illegal, but it's not wrong. Yeah, but yeah, but, it's but legal is yeah, but it's a private gathering, and they know that, and then and they know that this wasn't happening anywhere else. So they didn't want this to 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 start uh, getting some ground. Yeah, and that's a, that's exactly what happened. So I got out of the game of all this stuff, but I. I did all that to them, and they know this. And everybody in the 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 the, the scene that is part of this thing today know that I did that to them, and everybody knows. So yeah. when I go out, I I I get the 
You know, I guess. You're like the. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you like, you're like the Jesus. <laughs> Jesus of rave. Yeah. Rave Jesus, man. You so, took, you took, you, you yeah. got beat up just for the people. Yeah. <laughs> you did so, this for the people. So. Oh, man. Well, some girls get on their knees and kiss my hand sometimes. It feels good, you know? <laughs> How did your pinky get like that? So, they, what, what happened is I've done it, I did that so many times. The, ha- the leg thing? is Yeah, the leg thing is that they would break my fingers backwards from here to try to get my hand. Oh, my God. So they broke my tendon. The tendons here, this has been broken a few times. It's, you you know. didn't try and get it fixed? Well, you know, it's like I'm probably going to get left with like a $40,000 bill on top of all the, the other bills they gave me. So right now, I don't really feel much. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. You know, it's, it's still fine for now. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't t- take care of it properly when it needs so now it's a little bit limp. I call it. Oh, my, I thought my, you couldn't move it. You could move it. No, I can't. Oh, you just closed your. Oh, you gotta. I put it together with this one. Oh, so it's broken. The tennis broken. Yeah, it's. It's not big though. I thought it would be like swollen if it were broke. You know. No. Well, yeah. So you know the tendon, the thing that closes. That's yeah, yeah, dude. So fucking cops. The fucking cops, bro. <laughs> you had to do it, though. But, yo, somebody had to do it. Someone had to. Somebody had to do it, man. And and, and mind you, I didn't know. So I was doing something I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, and then because I was mad. I'm like, who are these guys coming into my house? I'm paying all this rent. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, and, man. What do you mean? Well, Andy Warhead, he had parties in his house, too. You know, private parties. Did he have five thousand people in his house? Not, not those numbers, but you know, <laughs> I mean, they were parties and they were, they were partying. I mean, there's celebrities too, I'm sure. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, you know, that's a double standard when it comes to what some people can do, what others others can't do. Well, ult- what what happened was, and I didn't know they were asking for bribes, so I didn't know how to bribe a cop, and I knew it's illegal to bribe a cop; it's a felony. So I'm like, I'm not giving you any money, bro. They're it's like, asking for they're them? asking for money directly to from leave? me. Yeah, and then what happens is after I got beat up, they took me to the precinct, and the one guy comes out from the back, and he's got the sharpest like clothes on. He looks like he just came out of the locker room or something. You know, like the crispiest yeah. the captain sitting. He's like, <laughs> he's like, do you know who I am? <laughs> no. I was like, no. And he's like, uh, he's like, I'm the guy who who you said to go fuck himself. <laughs> oh, which one? I'm like, <laughs> like ten. I'm like, oh shit. I was like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm like, you guys are asking for bribes, man. I said, you coming to me asking me for felony bribes? I'm like, I didn't break anything. I didn't do anything. You can't do. I'm getting out of here. I told her, I'm like, you're not gonna do anything to me. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm gonna go home. But I said, if you want money. How do I pay you? I asked. This is not my cash. You, I'm I'm in a cell. They knows I don't have anything on me. They check me and everything. And he told me how to bribe the NYPD. Dude, he told me the captain came. He's like, listen, what you need to do. This is what he tells. <laughs> it's a donation. It's a donation. No, no, it's it's legal. Oh, it's legal. All legal. So he says he he says what you need to do is you need to go to the PAL and make a donation to the PAL. Yeah. And he told me who the guy was. Mm-hmm. So it's what's the difference between that and a, a a bribe? I don't understand it. I never paid it. I never paid that guy either. Whoever the it's guy the he told me thing. to go because I didn't have the money. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Now mind you, these guys are thinking I'm like the biggest guy. I was like, listen, I just rented the spot I out. I made like four grand, man. I paid it to the <laughs> landlord and 
I'm, I sleep on a heated blanket. I, I, I'm in the stage in a, in a floor. There's no windows in the warehouse, man. <laughs> you think I'm giving you 20 grand? So, yeah. It was good, though. It was so, a, this is in the 2000s, right? 2008. 2008, two, 2007, 8, and 9. This is what happened. So, cops are still looking for bribes. Well, they're they're right now they're or taking donations. right now they're taking bribes. I didn't have taking bribes. They're taking donations now yeah. from all these other clubs and promoters and everybody else that they're doing. They have to you have to make a donation to the PAL, otherwise they shake you down. So if you don't if you don't pay them, they come to you for uh you know what's going on here? You know? Oh it's water delivery. Oh, okay. Dude, that's crazy. Like you yeah. would think that's like the mafia kind of stuff, you know, like from the sixties or fifties, yeah. like yeah. taking bribes from the cops, working together. Still but it's viable still, today. Still happening. Yeah, they got license. Li- 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 what is the, the correct pronunciation? Yeah. Liaison? Do you know what that what What's that means? On, How's it going? Somebody that has a. You could unplug that, Chuck. Energy. It's fully charged. It's a, Chuck. It's fully charged. You could just unplug it. Yeah. There you go. We got a water delivery, guys. We're on Twitch. If you want to shout out, <laughs> um, where was I? Yeah, the bribes. That's messed up. So yeah, man. So I was trying to do sculpture and try to bring people together, and in the process, every time they shut down one of my venues and my places, they mm-hmm. stole all my art and threw it in a container. Confiscated. They, right? they not even. They just they dumpstered it. They threw it in the garbage? Yes. What are, what's <laughs> wrong with these people? That's worse. That's the worst part of everything you said that's so far. Nice. I know. That's, that, that, that's the that's saddest part, man. man. Because they're just throwing it in the garbage. Just Spiteful like, people. Fuck you. What? <laughs> Spiteful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, man. I hate that. Yeah. So. Sorry about that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm still here laughing about it. Yeah, yeah. I can't right. really move this finger, but you know, that's a little bit. <laughs> they can take to my it. finger, but they can't <laughs> take my pride. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So we know what the future has in store for us. We're gonna try and get some stuff together, right? So yeah, let's let's. Uh, you know, I, I just a suggestion. I see that you're really good at this. I'm not really good at this. I'm just. I I'm, think you are. <laughs> I think you are good. But I have I have a lot of friends that. Our artists, like all these guys, would love to come down here. You all think the, they would? Yeah, all the DJs that I've helped start their careers in the underground that are better than the headliners would love to come and play and then talk about that community itself, the music itself. There's the the EDM, there's the Freakers, there's the Burners, there's the there's the these other guys. You know, all the, eventually I'll tell you a different story off 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 air. thing off air, so you can understand mm-hmm. how uh, you know how this influenced. A lot of things and bigger things, you know, like Occupy Wall Street and stuff like that. About what? I couldn't hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. Oh yeah, yeah. That ultimately happened because of these events. A lot okay. of people don't know what how that happened. I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> off uh, air. Yeah, Steve, what do you think about this? Is Steve over there? Is he that? Can you hear me? Steve, can you hear me? Can you hear me? What do you about, think about this? He's saying he wants to bring in like DJs and artists and stuff to be on the show. So what if a DJ performed and we just had like a live like like party almost, like a dance party or something like that? Like a yeah. live podcast, like like I'll interview him and then after the podcast we have like a party. Yeah. I think I think that would be sick. Right? 
Yeah, well, you can see the <laughs> the effect. Give me thumbs the, up. The effect of the DJ, what he does, you know, like what of you know if if the D, the DJ is good, you know, you see how the people react to it. It's a really yeah. Good and then we have like because I I I grew up, you know, Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing this because I yeah. listened to Howard Stern since I was twelve yeah. years old, and it was like this. But he would have stuff like that, live events where people come and just hang out, and you just record it. Yeah, you know, I want to do the same kind of stuff. Just let it. You don't even have to say anything. Some of these guys are, <laughs> and especially the graffiti artists. Oh my god, you don't have to say nothing. Just sit there, tell them, and they go at it. Yeah, bring four at a time, and these guys are the the ones who, you know, do they all know each other too? They all know each other. Again, this is like you know when it's underground, and then you know, like they only know each other. They think everybody knows about them, and there's a whole big thing. But ultimately, what it is is just they know. Of each other, and that's it. It's only a really tight niche community, mm-hmm. and it's a history that's dying out before it gets documented. So these guys are really happy to, to uh, you know, say what happened and, and share some war share, stories, share. yeah, like what, like yeah. with each other too. I'm you sure. never heard of uh, the X Vandals? No. So I think they have some show going to, uh, together, but I just bumped into a few of them, and since I was doing all these shows, I talked. I was like, listen, you know, like I was gonna do this in in, in my uh, in my house, but Chuck's got it all set up, so there's no point in doing that. So we're a little bit further from the city, but people will come here. Yeah, you know, if you think they'll come, man? Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, right now, what we're, we're doing is we're 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 fixing the uh, the trailer, which we're we're making a portable studio so we could broadcast on site. You're talking about his 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 stu- his trailer. Now it's your trailer, Chuck. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of the is RV. This, what happened I'm to? I'm thinking of the RV. You talking about the, the RV? RV? Yeah. That's both of yours. No, the tour bus. The tour, tour bus. bus. The RV. The RV. So we got RV and also we have a tour bus. Yeah. Oh, there's a difference. I thought it was the same one. No, two no, different, no, no, two different things. So, Chuck, I was thinking about it. You know, so portable, portable pod podcasting. That's what I, dude. That's my dream. That's what I started to do. I wanted to travel the country with the podcast and interview yeah. people from everywhere. Something that we can definitely build out. We have plenty of equipment, yeah. and it's really simple. I mean, simple for us because we've been doing this for over thirty years. Yeah, but you, guys. you know, yeah, I don't know where to start. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's got a little toilet. It's got it. It's ready. You know, the whole front area is like <clears throat> whole front. The whole front area, at least that's actually it's a production trailer that you have. Yes. So it's meant for um, either oh. con- construction sites or event spaces like concert you know festival type work because in the back you have room for uh desks and uh there's like two bunks i think back there but mm-hmm. my tour bus has two lounges actually yours is kind of like a lounge also yeah, it's like a full kitchen and that could always be built out generator things like that so both of our both of our my bus your trailer uh they're self-contained with um with power you know sh- you know we don't have to actually tap into Shore, uh, shore power, which is electricity for those who don't know, um, <laughs> from like you know from the pole or from a building, right, right, something like that. But um, and we can um, yeah, we could totally do it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Sure. Be cool. What do you want to do with the tour bus? Just uh, well, what I'm trying to make it a studio. The 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 the, the trailer. Mm-hmm. It would be more for for taking it like say if we of uh, some artists that can't show up. You know, it's too far, and and, and they're in a the city. You you show up with this thing and Dude. do the same thing. You broadcast. You put two, you take part of the couches and put them in there. Yeah, you know, light it That's up. That's exactly. You can smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, That's so, uh, you a know, move. That's but then, um, even better, like because I have people in California and stuff like that that I've had on Skype 
yeah. if I met him in person and did an interview in the bus, you know, yeah. that'd be so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it this one is this is this is just for a local, but he's he's got the bus. Yeah. He's got the stage. Yeah. Listen, we got some real toys over here. We need to put some some use. That's my ultimately yeah. that's my ultimate goal is to utilize all these all this stuff. Let's, yeah, every all inch, of it. Every, every space every cable and every, yeah. Yeah, you man. know. Let's make so, it all happen. Like, I think uh yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. Is there anywhere are you on social media? Probably not, right? Um I am, yeah, but I I don't really you don't put it out there. I I yeah, this right now is probably the most stuff that I put out. Period. This interview? Yeah, yeah, this interview. Awesome. I really keep to myself, but since Chuck 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 wants to let the world know Chuck wants to know let the NYPD know where Remus <laughs> is hanging out. Chuck's working with the F- NYPD. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get him this time. I got a metal box. I got him on got the him box. in a box. He can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then they come. I'm gone. Yeah, no, like they come through this door. You go out the <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> the same escape route. <laughs> you go out this way. I had the NYPD so paranoid one time. They showed up to my house. I told them I'm going to disappear. And they believed me. So they bought everything possible so I couldn't. But it... <laughs> I swear to God, they actually <laughs> believe me. They bought everything out. So you just were never scared of the police. It was no, just like a I, game, almost. Well, not not a not a game. It's just that when you you don't have any when you don't do anything wrong, you and you're not then, afraid. Uh, you're not afraid, yeah. And then I'm I'm just you could beat me, you could beat me with a bat, and I'll get up and walk away. Yeah. I'm just built like that. I don't know if that makes you know. I'm not Romanian, man. Yeah, I, I was I was I used to train a lot, and and then uh, I stopped doing it. So I still have the muscles. So I, for me, it's like. You know, a lot of people yeah. are afraid of getting arrested and all, getting tossed around. I didn't, you know, in, I, in the end, nothing happened to me. Everybody got influenced and I'd be afraid of cops. I came home and, and nothing stuck. I'm yeah. still doing the same thing. I'm laughing about it. Yeah. I might not be able to pick my nose correctly, but it's, you know, it could be worse. I don't think you could run for mayor, dude. It's on mm. your record. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll step behind, behind this guy right here. Yeah. Chuck. <laughs> No, he's Rave Jesus. That's his name. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh. Rave Nelson Men Rave <laughs> Rella. But I gotta say though, you know what you were saying about when you um when you basically put your hand in between your legs, right? It was kind of like a, a silent protest. It'd be like, hey guys, you know, in, in, so that they couldn't arrest you. Yeah. But um, but I mean, every you're you're definitely you had an influence over. Just people in general um, that you began that um, that change of consciousness. You know, I mean, look, the, you know, near near NYPD, they got a lot on their plate, right? Yeah. Between terrorism and just the, the the everyday craziness that takes place in New York City, I think they were a little bit maybe too harsh on you, um, especially when it comes to certain things. I mean, put put it in balance. You know, there needs to there needs to be balance where it's like what what is deemed um, dangerous to the public versus uh, just letting people let out some steam. Yeah, I mean that was that was the success of New York City, you know, with CBGBs and other other places where you could go to concerts. Um, and with these venues disappearing, it seems like almost every month. Um, obviously, they're moving across the river into Brooklyn, but you know there needs to be a place in New York City. For people to relax and to let go, as opposed to just going to um, a restaurant or to a bar, you know what I mean. And so, with the change in law, with um, the um, 
What was the law that just changed where you can have events? Um, um, it was it's, uh, the, the, the dancing. What is it called? The, um, Sorry, it slips my mind at the moment. It's, it's fine. It, it, what is I have it? to take over the uh, podcast here, Rizzo. You know, the, the, um, not, not the... Uh, <laughs> it, it'll come to me, but, but they changed cabaret the license. cabaret license. Right. So now things that were, I guess, e- considered... Illegal or borderline illegal yeah. are now legal, and you know, and, well, and just it just took a like a just a, a vote change yeah. to allow more business or another section sector of the economy in New York City to get sparked, and yeah, you know, they still still get their tax money and things like yeah. that, and it's still safe. It's not yeah. it's not risque. Well, you know, they they really use that reason alone to to break up all these gatherings. So the the main re- the reason why all the people in the community went to and made the law change because they did themselves. These are the Burning Man and all these other groups. If you want to get deep into it, these people have that they get jobs on purpose just to move police officers out of different precincts so they don't mess with their events and such. It, it gets really deep, yeah. Dude. But uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why it's called underground. You don't know this world. Everything's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, but uh, so what they, what they what they really broke down they broken they shut down a lot of events with that law. So that once they changed that law, now you could have a club anywhere, pretty much. Because mm-hmm. with that, you weren't able to do it any in anywhere. Now you are legally allowed to pretty much have a, a club anywhere. So any any place in Brooklyn now, as long as it has. Uh, enough space you could dance and then you know you weren't allowed to dance and it, that, that, it was they were and then they really enforced that i don't know if that makes sense is 2018 no makes no sense you're on earth you're a human you should be able to dance wherever you want yeah <laughs> all right what do you think we're gonna make this happen sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right i heard that it's 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 a verbal contract Verbal contract, actually, you know what? A verbal contract is now a contract, and so is the handshake. So you, you actually absolutely don't have to have it in writing. But um, but this is something that Remus and I, we've been talking about. And of course, us in the movers and Rizzo uh, on the move been talking about this as well. So um, we just want to bring new new events um, and a new event consciousness to Long Island, to the city, to the boroughs, because I think um, it's been missing for quite a long time, and the you know, the same old, same old is boring. And, um, you know, like, you know, grandma's underwear is now, sh- now grandma's shopping over at, um, um, Victoria's Secret. <laughs> you know, that's what we are. We're going to be the Victoria's Secret <laughs> of uh, because, you know, we really need to, um, wake up and shake up, um, and, and get new people to come out, um, or people to come out and to see how things can actually be yeah. much different or a little bit different, which, um, it's all all good. I think, because when I was a kid, I mean, uh, when I was a kid, my parents would talk about how they were, because they're from the city, and they would come to Long Island to come to clubs, and like Long Island was cool. Yeah. But now Long Island's not like that. Everyone goes to the city. Yeah. But we could make it cool where people come out here. Who can, yeah. You know, yeah. Do, the, do the same thing. Yeah. I think that's what happened is, but the, the, the laws kept people uh, out of the city, and that's where they came out to Long Island. It was easier. Mm-hmm. It was easier to do things here, but since it got a little easier to do things in New York, everybody went back. Yeah, yeah, we have to bring them so out here. We got to bring them back now. Okay, let's make it that's cool. not a hard thing to do. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Let's just change the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else you want to say? Okay. Get out there. I'm good. I'm good.
You feel yeah, good? Really nice. Yeah, really nice in- interview. I really appreciate this. Dude, it was it's an not hour, my thing, but it was an hour and a half. <laughs> wow. Right? Wow. <laughs> you didn't even realize. No, not at all. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Well, Do you really have websites it. or anything you want people to go to? I don't exist. Yeah, you're off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Facebook, remuspop.com. And uh, you can see some of my work there. And, uh, you know, drop me a line. Maybe I'll respond in a year or so. In a year. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll do this again. Maybe like when you have your artist friends come, you could sit in too. We'll set up more mics. Sure. I could bring some of my friends so they could uh, uh, relate to the events and yeah stuff. <laughs> yeah i want to hear some more stories yeah, like yeah, that yeah. story was hilarious oh, when you got away from the cop <laughs> that was amazing all right cool uh mikey vicino any last words express yourself guys nice thank you for listening everyone if you liked what you heard please give us reviews ratings and likes and all that stuff it helps us so much more than you know Um, Feel free to hit me up if you want to be a guest, if you have an opinion on something, or if you just want to (laughs) talk. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon.